Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever that means to you, if it's lifting your hands, lift your voice. Just take a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Don't give it up yet. 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 Glory to the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. There's nobody like him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you today. We love you this morning, God. Hallelujah. Have your way, Father, in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, in Jesus' name. Shout it again, in Jesus' name. Can you do it just a little bit louder? In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Clap your hands one more time. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Of course, if you're like me, you're welcome to stand in the back and just get the jitters going. Hallelujah. Whatever is comfortable to you in this house, amen. I bring greetings from Grace and Glory and Pastor Lawrence Barnes and First Lady Barnes. Praise the Lord, amen, and the entire Grace and Glory congregation. It's good to be here with you today, amen. Always, it's always, it always feels so good in the house, amen. Whatever you guys are doing with prayer and with fasting, I'm telling you, it's working. Praise God, and I enjoy coming into the presence of God, amen. Giving honor to your pastor. Pastor Tryon, God bless you, sir, and his wife. I don't have my glasses, but she's somewhere around here. Praise God. I know, you know, they're all, the, 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 the first ladies are always working. Amen. Even when you don't see them working. Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? They're always working. <laughs> Praise God. And we appreciate, we appreciate the first family. Amen. Of course, uh, the Browns. God bless you, too, over there. Amen. And your family. And you saints of God. Amen. It's wonderful to be able to be here with you again. Uh, we have my lovely wife and daughter here. Praise God. I would be remiss if I didn't mention them. Amen. And uh, I, I, I especially thank the Lord because I know uh, my wife has just been through so much. Uh, I know we've all been through some things. Amen. But even before the year started, amen, where she uh, incident at work took out one of her knees, another incident took out another knee. She has her braces here today on her legs and, and, and has a hard time walking. She doesn't like me telling telling all this stuff. She's rolling her eyes, but it's, it's a miracle. Praise the Lord. Then she broke her foot. Praise God. And, you know, just one thing after another, it's almost like Job, but she was able to make, a, make it here today to be with us. Amen. Because she's determined to be in the presence of the Lord. And I think that's an example for us. Amen. One of the things that we have to be determined to do is to make it and find our way into the presence of the Lord. It doesn't matter, amen, if the doors of the church close. Some people use that as an excuse. Well, we have the day off. No, it's still time to pray and get into the presence of the Lord. Amen, somebody. If, 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 if we ever got to the point in this world where they shut down the pastors from preaching, amen, we still need to get into the presence of God. If they told us that we couldn't carry our Bibles, how many are prepared to still get into the presence of God? Of God. I don't care what the world system does, what the government does, what hell does. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not, somebody say not, shall not prevail against the church. And so, amen, we press to his presence. Thank you, Jesus. I have a scripture I want to try to read from, found in Ezekiel chapter 47. Amen. And uh, it, it has been, it's been a long night. Amen. Uh, the Lord had given me a word about nine weeks ago, and I knew what he wanted, and I was pregnant with it. And as we got into the wee hours of the morning, I realized uh, something just wasn't right. 
there was just something wasn't 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 resolving in my spirit. And the Lord showed me. He said, you got twins. What do you mean I got twins? And I realized that uh, he was separating some things inside of my spirit, pulling them apart. And what it told me, and I was hearing it as the minister was speaking, God has so much he wants to say to the church, Minister Milton. God has so much he wants to give us, so much he wants to do. I can understand if I'm confused and I don't know what the word is. But God, why? Would you give such a powerful word and then split it and then show all of the different avenues where you want to work? And part of it, the preacher already said, is because a lot of times we get in the way and we hinder him. And before he can get us to where he wants us to, he's got to deal with the blockages. He's got to deal with the junk. He's got to deal with the mess. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so he told me this morning, it was awesome. He said, I want to talk to you about topic flow with me and not even I think this happened last time I was here I'm telling you the spirit of the God is here amen because I received a text <laughs> from Minister Brown praise the Lord and uh, it, in, it, in, it encumbered it in, not encumbered it incorporated basically the theme of what God has for his church amen so I know it's confirmed and if you allow me the liberty we're going to do what God wants us to do Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 1. Amen. Praise God. If you're able, please join us in standing in reverence to the king. It says, afterward, somebody say afterward. He brought me again unto the door of the house. Could have said temple there. This is God in a, in a vision. This is the angel in a vision taking Ezekiel around, showing him some things in the temple. Uh, and the word there that's transferred house, uh, translated house could also be translated temple, but they chose in our Bible to put house. Praise God. Because I believe that when God has a word, he had the word way before we were ever created. It's not a surprise that COVID-19 is here. It's not a surprise that we go through what we go through. Some of us have lost loved ones. Forgive me if I pause just a moment. It's not a surprise to God what we go through. From the very foundations of the world, God had in mind to have a relationship with us. And so everything that he has spoken, everything he's written, everything he's allowed to happen is directed for us, amen, in the day and time in which we live today and then tomorrow. And if the Lord tarry, the day after that. So, amen, he brought him to the door of the house again. Amen, he's been there before. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under, uh, came down from under from the right side of the house, at the south side of the altar. Praise God! I, I want to skip down to verse eight. Uh, then said he unto me, "These waters issue out toward the east country, and go down into the desert, and go into the sea, which being brought." Forth into the sea, the water shall be healed. Last verse, and it shall come to pass that everything that liveth which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed. And everything shall live whither the river cometh. Bow your heads with me one more, one more time. Let's clap our hands before the Lord. We normally don't clap after the reading of the word, but let's just clap in praise to the Almighty God. Hallelujah. 
Heavenly Father, I step aside now and I ask that you have your way, Lord Jesus. Move on us once again. We want to feel your presence. Hallelujah. We want to feel your power. Hallelujah. We want to feel, Lord God, the urgency of the kingdom in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Praise God, you may be seated. Flow with me. Look at somebody next to you and say, flow with me. Flow with me. Amen. I... I I find it interesting in this particular scripture, I told you he's talking about the temple. And just bear with me, I'm, I'm going to take my liberty in the Holy Ghost, like I said. Uh, I find it interesting, he's showing him the temple, and it seems like they have a plumbing problem. <laughs> You've got water flowing from the foundation of, of this temple. Now, if you've been around a while and you've sat in any Bible studies that talk about the temple, Amen. You know that the water in the temple belongs in uh, the basin where they wash, praise God, and they get themselves clean so that they can go about doing the duties and tasks of the temple, praise the Lord. And then, you know, you enter in, you've got the altar, you've got the, you know, you, you, you've got the water, you've, you go a little bit further. And there's different pieces of furniture that give you the opportunity to draw closer to God. But one of the key things about the temple is it's limited in terms of who has access to the internals of the temple. Even if you could, by birthright, get into the outer court, and even if you could, uh, by, by religion and by grant of the age, get into the outer court, you were forbidden to get into the holy place. And if you, by, by some miracle, because of your task, maybe you were a Levite, you were able to get into the holy place. You couldn't get into the holy of holies. Because there was a wall that divided God's presence, his manifested presence, from access. And so anybody that came to the house, anybody that came to the temple, they were limited with what they can do. And once a year, one man would go into the Holy of Holies before the presence of God and make the atonement for the people, right? They call it Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. He would go in and he would do the things that God required so that the sins of the people can be remitted. But that's it. Anybody else in the land who wanted to have an experience with God had to watch from a distance. But then God gives this, this vision to Ezekiel. And it, it looks like there's water coming from underneath what the Bible describes as the right side of the altar. Why are you giving us a description of this water? It's, it's just trickling. It's just a little bit. And we know it's just a little bit because if you read just a little bit more, the angel takes Ezekiel and he's walking him around the temple and he's got a measuring stick in his hand. And some of you are familiar with the scripture. You know, he goes a little bit and then the waters are to the ankles. They're going, goes a little bit in the waters to the knees. You know this scripture. Many of you know this scripture. He goes, it's to the waist, and then eventually he can't go anymore because as they're traveling, trying to trace where the trickle is flowing, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper to the point where the person, where Ezekiel could no longer follow the path of the river. But there's a river. I want, before we continue, I want you to notice and observe. And I'm doing something a little bit different because I'm giving the spoilers before we get to the end. Amen. I want you to see God in the river. I want you to see that the description that we have in this temple, and I'm taking my time, the water is trickling out 
from where there was no water. There's no pipes. There's no cistern in the temple, right? This water is trickling out from the right side of the altar of sacrifice where there was bloodshed. The water is trickling out, amen, and uh, where is it coming from? We see that the water has some sort of spiritual origin. So there's more than God taking Ezekiel and showing him the furniture and the operations of the temple. God, in this particular chapter, is showing him the things that he wants to do, and he's showing him Jesus. And I can find that as the water flows from the side of the temple, we read in a scripture that says this. Amen. Uh, John chapter 19, verse 34. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side. And forthwith came there out blood and water. Why is there a mention of water there in the side of Jesus, the second Adam? And I look back to the Old Testament, the first Adam, and I realize that God put Adam to sleep and reached into his side and removed a rib to form his bride. And so when we look at Jesus and God opens up his side and water is flowing, we realize the birth of the church is happening because God is once again from Adam removing the bride from his side. And so what is God showing Ezekiel with the water flowing and specifically mentioning the right side going towards the front? There's something flowing from the temple that wasn't part of the temple, but in the vision, he sees it going out and it's getting deeper and getting deeper and getting deeper till he can't even flow with the flow of the river. Water is to swim in, but he has to step aside. Praise the Lord. Watch this. John. Chapter 4, verse 14. Amen. Praise the Lord. Actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, John chapter 4, verse, four, verse 14. Jesus tells, uh, John tells us Jesus is sitting at a well with a Samaritan woman, and he offers her water. He says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up with everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. What is this water that Jesus is offering that will spring up as a well of life? Amen. And it's flowing and flowing and flowing and seems to have an eternal origin. John chapter 4, verse 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This is Jesus' response to the woman. After prophesying to her about her husband, he talks about the water, and then he responds by talking about the spirit of God. And he's telling her the hour is coming, and now is, where those that want to worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Hang on, we're getting there. And I feel like it's cranking up just a little bit. Praise the Lord. But God is here. Amen. We're talking about the water that Jesus was talking about. And he relates it to the Samaritan woman as the spirit of God. And it is a requirement to worship. If you want to worship, which means express God's worth. If you want to worship, which means serve the Lord, you must have this everlasting water that springs up from within. It's got supernatural origins. Amen. I can drink enough water all I want. Amen. And if I were to try to regurgitate it in, we'll have an end. Nasty. Praise God. You nasty. Amen. Somebody say, you nasty. 
praise the Lord. But it has supernatural origins because the flow doesn't stop. And what I like about it is it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. We're getting there. John chapter 7, he goes on later on. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall what? Flow rivers of living water. Praise the Lord. God is expecting the people that he's called to have a river of living water flowing out from within their belly. Not trickling. Not a one-time experience. Not something that you come and you get every Sunday morning when the preacher preaches or you feel good every time the Bible study comes. It's not something that always just flows from the top of the house. The thing about a river is that as it moves, it, it stays connected to the origin. If you ever remove the origin from the river, you cut the flow. I said if you ever can stop the origin from spewing out the rivers of water, you cut the flow. But as long as the river is fed by Jesus, as long as it's coming from the house, coming from the temple, as long as there is a supernatural origin for the water and it flows, it will continue to accumulate. It will continue to flow. It will get deeper and deeper. And the Bible lets us know something interesting here. He said the waters have a purpose. They're going out towards the east country and go down into the desert. You know what a desert is? It's a wet place. It's a dry place. You know what's in dry places? The Bible says when a spirit goes out of a man, it goes out into dry places. It's interesting that the water is not trying to find the nearest synagogue. It's not trying to find the homes of more Jews congregating with the people of God. I hope you're, I hope you're, you're able to follow with me. I know you are. The water has an intended purpose. It's flowing to the dry places. It's going down. Some of us are, are concerned about ever going down because, you know, down has the negative connotation to it. We're the head and not the tail. But down is in where the depressions are. That's where waters accumulate. Down is just an opportunity to be filled with more. And this is the place where the waters are flowing and they're getting deeper and deeper. We're going there. And it goes into the sea. It doesn't matter how deep the seas are, what else religion is out there, what other feelings are out there, what other emotions are out there. The water will seek them out. And it says it will heal them as long as the water continues to flow. Somebody say, flow with me. There are folks in this world that are depending on the flow of the water that's coming from the house. It's not all about our salvation getting into heaven. The Bible says salvation is to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. Right, but in him there's neither Jew nor Gentile, uh, bond of, nor free. The, the, the water is seeking the people that don't know him. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save the lost. There is a sense of urgency in the water flowing. God is showing Ezekiel, amen, his desire to flow and to move from the walls and the confines of the church and to get out into the atmosphere where it is dry. And the Bible lets us know that there's going to be healing. The waters that are flowing from the temple are going to meet the waters of the sea and cause them to be healed. 
It'll trouble the waters that are already out there in the world and cause there to be miracle signs and wonders. God takes this prophet, tells him to stand on the side when he couldn't go anymore in the river, and he just observes. And all of a sudden, trees begin to grow where there were no trees, and fruit come on to the trees. The water continues down, and people that were sick, amen, they get healed. There's all kinds of miracles that happen because the water continues to flow. And this is where I, I ran into some trouble because I, w- I wanted to follow the river. And I wanted to talk about the exploits that God wants to do to the church. But he pointed something out. He said, you know what? Trouble starts in the home. The water starts in the home, and it starts as a trickle. Some of us look around the church, look around our homes, look around our situations, and we, have, we see nothing but a plumbing problem. Ezekiel didn't know what was at the end of the river. All he saw was a trickle of water flowing. I told you I gave the spoiler before the end. Now let's deal with what's happening in the house. What the enemy wants to do is remove the source. He can't remove the source. So the next best thing is to move us out from under the source, out from under the flow. If he can get into your house, he's not worried about what's happening at the gates for this flow. He's not worried about what's happening in the government. He's not, God is not showing Ezekiel the leaders of the day at this point in time. He's showing him the house. Because when the enemy comes for you, he's going to start in your home. He's going to start in the areas that are close to you. He's going to start with your troubled grandson, your brothers, your sisters. He's going to start with your community, your neighbors. And what you recognize as a problem If you're not careful, you'll step out from under the flow and you'll try to deal with it. If I was Ezekiel, before the angel pulled me and took me outside of the temple, oh, my God, we have an issue. Houston, we have a problem. What are the problems of your life? What are the things that the enemy constantly puts in front of you to slow you down, constantly gets you focused on so that you, you, all the things, the things that you're praying about is just this one problem. Is it your marriage? I feel like this is a recurring theme because it's a recurring problem. It's a recurring trick of the enemy. The Bible says we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. We know that there's COVID, but the blood has never lost its power. We know that rates are increasing, but God hasn't changed. There's no surprise to God when he sees hospital beds full. He's not willing that any should perish, but all to come to repentance. What we have to recognize in days and times like this is the sense of urgency. What are our priorities as the water is trying to flow and reach the dry places? What are we concerned with? Do you understand maybe maybe, what was happening in the temple when God was showing Ezekiel around in chapter 47? there There was all kind of idolatry happening in the temple. People were doing all kinds of things, worshiping false gods. There was all kinds of mess that had creeped into the church. And the Spirit of God said, you know what? I need to get to the people. What's happening in your life? I'm trying to navigate this. I I told you I, I had to give birth to twins. Because in order to deal with the miracle and the breakthrough, you have to deal with what is hindering God from operating in your life. So here's what I heard God say. I heard God say he wants to refill somebody that has been kind of low in oil. 
I heard God say that there's somebody who's never received the Spirit of God with the power that flows with it because they're stuck in a rut. And they can't get their eyes off of the problem in the situation. And I came to tell you, like the angel took Ezekiel and said, look at this. Now look at the end from the thing. God wants you to know that the latter shall be greater than the former. That the end is going to be more than the beginning. If you're looking for the abundance of rain, you have to change your perspective for whatever is hindering you. Your doubts. What is it that you doubt? What is it that you're scared of? What is it that is troubling your life? This is where God wants to take that trouble and give you a perspective and let him flow through it. If I would have never had problems in my life, I wouldn't be qualified. Not that I'm qualified to stand here. But anything that I share, it comes out of the testimony that God gave me. I once was lost, they say, and now I'm found. The reason why anybody's here is because God pulled us out of some mess. If we were never in a mess, we would never see a need for God. God, why would I need you if I'm doing okay? My pockets are full of money. I got my health. I've got the perfect spouse. I've got the perfect kid, the perfect family, the perfect car. Why would I need a God if death didn't reign over the people of God and if sin didn't confront the people of God? There needed to be the redemption bought by a Savior who was willing to work with the mess and flow through the mess to get to, the, to, to, get to me. Flow with me. The river flows. And as it comes out of your situation, the Bible says, you, no, you're not that you're the temple of the living God. As it flows from you, I went, um, what do you call that, whitewater rafting one time in the Delaware River. And it looked smooth on the surface. I didn't realize what I was getting into. I had some buddies of mine in the old church. And we went into the, and we were going down, amen, and they called it whitewater rafting, but I guess we, I didn't see anything, you know, no, it didn't look rough. We got into the thing, and I didn't realize the undercurrent of the river. Somebody said, oh, yeah. Until we got somewhere, you know, you, we started, I guess, on the shallow end somewhere. Until we got into the middle of the thing. And then I'm seeing, tree, you know, little branches flowing. I'm seeing bigger branches flowing. I'm seeing old, it looked like, it looked like I saw a door just floating. <laughs> I don't know where the river picked it up from. <laughs> you know, when you're in the path of the river, you're either going to be broken or you're going to flow. The river's going where it's going to go. You can't stop it. Given enough time, the river will break through because that's what rivers do. And it's going to pick up and sweep up anything that finds itself in the path. I want to be the one to flow with the river. Jesus wants to be the one to cause you to flow in him. Once you realize that the river is going to its intended destination, it doesn't matter what's in your way. You trust God and realize that the river is going to flow. I'm going with God. God is saying, flow with me. I got to the middle of that thing. Praise the Lord. And uh, oh, I forgot to tell you, uh, one of the one of the the rafts things we were in capsized and I thought I was going to be the man and go back and rescue them and I ran up the side and as I tried to get back into the river I couldn't get there 
And so I went back to the side, and I had to go further up river. And, and I, I realized the only thing I can do is go further up, closer to where it's flowing from, closer to the source, go in and just lift my feet up. And I lifted my feet up, and the river took me right to the person that needed help. And I was able to get them, and, you know, they were younger. I couldn't do anything. I, I put them on my shoulders. They were pushing me down, and I had to hold my breath. But we got there. Amen. This, this, this salvation thing, there's nothing we can do about it. It's God that gives the increase. All we can do is bring them the word of God. Some of you sitting here right now, now this is where I really feel like getting stirred up. Some of you sitting here right now, the Holy Ghost is trying to reach you. And he's sending people to you like myself. He's sending other missionaries and evangelists to this church to reach. I don't know who's been here lately speaking to you. You've turned on the television or you've turned on the internet or you've tuned in on your phone on YouTube. And God has put a message into your life. Whatever the case is, you turned on the radio and God has begun speaking to you, trying to reach you. And he's saying, listen, just pick your feet up and flow with me. Are you ready to flow with God? I have... I. I have so much notes, and I can't go there. But I want to let somebody know that God is your refuge in time of trouble. Your present refuge. He's your present help in time of trouble. You've got trouble in your life. Let him be your present help. Pick your feet up. You've got problems in the church. Pick your feet up. God, I can't deal with it anyway. Get to the point where you just let go and let God. Because when you do that, nothing else matters. The river is going to flow. Nothing else matters. God, if you would just have your way and flow in me, there's going to be healing. And here's the sense of urgency. Because it's not about just us. At the end of the river, there's some homes that are broken. At the end of the river, there are people that are on their way to hell. At the end of the river, you have family members that don't know God. You are the one that is standing between them and an introduction to the Spirit of God. They need you to introduce them to the flow. Are you ready to introduce somebody to the flow? Are you ready to allow God to do something in your life? Jesus said he'll baptize. He's coming. John, uh, John was prophesying of Jesus. He's coming to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. And this is where I'm bringing down my descent. God wants to baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Well, I know he wants to baptize with us with the Holy Ghost. But here's what's interesting. Fire typically represents trial, purification, judgment. If you look at the context that John is talking to the people and he's telling them that one shall come that will baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He speaks of fire as a pending judgment or a pending purification. It's interesting. What is John telling the people? One shall come that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Let's, let's quickly turn there. Praise the Lord, I think. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 3. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not fruit is hewn down. We're looking at ourselves. God, am I planted by the, by the river 
like Psalms chapter 1 is talking about, a tree planted by the river and bringing forth fruit, if I'm not bringing forth fruit, if I'm not bearing the fruit of the Spirit, if I am not flowing with the Lord, the Bible tells us he's cast into fire. This is not something where we just play church. Do you remember when Jesus saw the fig tree? Had an intended purpose, went there, and it didn't have fruit, and he cursed it and it died? We're not playing around. God's river wants to flow. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, John said. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The context that he's talking about fire in this case is that God is coming to separate the wheat and the tears. I have to say this because there's folks that believe that you get the Holy Ghost and then you don't have yet the power that flows through the Holy Ghost because you need another, a double level of anointing in the Holy Ghost. You got to be baptized with what some uh, evangelical churches are calling baptized with fire. I'm coming to tell you that once you receive the Spirit of God, you have all of the keys that you need to the kingdom. Once you receive the Spirit of God, you have the power of God. Miracle signs and wonders will follow them that believe. Praise God in His name, you'll begin to cast out devils you'll get to the end of the dry places and you'll be able to cast out devils you'll get to the point where people need God and next time because you have the Holy Ghost you'll lay hands on them and they'll actually recover this is what the Spirit of God brings there's a difference between going through trouble and being in God and going through trouble and just trouble is having its way in your life I would rather be in the Lord and have the orchestrator of the heaven and the earth telling the devil you can only go this far in, in his life than to be out there in the world and trouble is just walking all over the top of me. The Spirit of God is my protector. It's my deliverer. It's my healer. Praise God. Any trouble that happens in our life needs express permission of the king to orchestrate any work in our life. The devil can't just come and give your family, family member a disease or a sickness. He's got to have a right. The enemy can't just come into your life and cause you to be stuck in fornication and perversion and adultery. He's got to have a right. When you go through things in your life, you have to understand that once you have the spirit of God, you can be set free indeed. The Bible says whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It is the Spirit of God, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, that gives us the liberty to operate in the kingdom. So what are we bound with? God, if I am bound, I'm probably either not in the flow or I haven't recognized the purpose of what's going on in my life. Is there anybody that has been struggling with certain situations in your life? God has come to set you free. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. I'm just a two-toned, meager old man before the Lord, and I carry my cross, and I'm proud of it. Amen. Because I have seen the dead come back to life. That's why you can't tell me you take prayer out of the schools, God's still God. That's why well, whoever you vote for, they either get elected or don't get elected, God is still God. That's why if somebody, if, if a loved one comes and goes and doesn't want to talk to me anymore, God is still God. I've seen too much. I, I've seen the end of the flow. I've seen the end of the river. And I understand where God is going. What's happening in your life? 
I've seen people that were stuck with the spirit of perversion, couldn't turn off the internet, couldn't stop looking at stuff they couldn't look at for years and decades. Praise the Lord. And the spirit of God moved on them and set them free. What, are you, what, are you, what, are, what is your challenge that the river needs to break through? Do you have difficulty loving your spouse? Do you have difficulty managing money? Do you have difficulty being there for your family? Do you have difficulty sitting in a church service and mingling with friends and community of God? Do you have difficulty reading your Bible? What is it that you feel is too great for God? I'm wrapping up. I want to invite you to know that the river is here today. The river has come. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, praise the Lord, harden not your heart. Let him in. Open the door. Praise the Lord. I don't want to push forward. Can we stand just for a moment? What I want to do and what I believe the Spirit of God wants to do is bring about the transition that I saw in the Spirit. I literally tried to minister on two levels. I tried to talk about trouble in my way so that we can get to flow with me. Because all of us are at two different points in our life. Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. Jesus' name. I want to invite you into the presence of the river. I want to invite you into the flow. Where the thirst is unquenchable without him. Some of you were saved a long time ago. Gone are the days of many overnight prayers. Folks are too busy looking at the problems. Gone are the days of many heart-led Bible studies. Folks are concerned. But the river's still flowing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. In just a moment, I don't know where you are. We're going to tap through for you. Yeah, you've reached the end of your rope in some areas, and it's just, God, I've been dealing with this, and I'll deal with it again in 2021. The devil is a liar. If you want the river to flow, we've come to remove the blockages today. If you're the person that has never allowed God to speak through you with his spirit, he's going to do it today. He's going to remove the blockage. If you're the person who has never seen or never understood gifts operating in his or her life, God is going to flow through that blockage today. That's, that's where the crux of my ministry is today. I didn't come with the words of men's wisdom, but I can identify the presence of the Lord in the spirit. Every head bow, every eye closed, nobody looking around online. 
I challenge you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift your hands before the Lord. In the name of Jesus. First thing I want us to do is to repent. And then I'm going to rebuke some things to remove shackles. Repent. If there's anything we've done wrong, if there's any faith that we had that was outside of God, if there's anything that captured our attention, God, I'm sorry. Come on, all over the house, wherever you are right now, Father, I'm sorry. There's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. It's all about relationship before God. To know Him in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. In Jesus' name, forgive us. I release, I forgive right now anybody that I've held on to. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we take authority right now. Hallelujah. Over every spirit that has tried to hold your people down. We rebuke them in the name of Jesus. If that's you, shout amen. Father, we take a anointing right now in the name of Jesus. Over every stronghold, let them break in the name of Jesus. If that's you, shout amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, we release your people, oh God, to follow after you. Father, I speak over this audience. Hallelujah. The things that have captivated our lives and stolen our hearts from the altar, we rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. We rescind any authority that the enemy has taken over our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just play a little bit softer. Just a little bit softer. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to hear yourself talk to God. If there's an area of your life, I want you to rescind authority from the hand of the enemy right now. In Jesus' name. Not by might nor by power, but by God's spirit. I rebuke off of your mind evil imaginations. Come on, if there's going to be a flow, there's got to be a freeing. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. We come against fear. Some of us don't even know we're wrapped up in fear. God, it's a lack of trust in certain areas of our life. I rebuke fear. Come on, I rebuke fear. Admit it out your mouth. I rebuke fear. I rebuke fear. In the name of Jesus Christ, broken, 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 broken. Show us, Lord, the areas we need to speak to. Broken. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, hallelujah, as they stand before you, I pray that you release the flow of your anointing. If you need to get back under the flow because you've recognized this morning that you're no longer moving in the flow of the anointing, I open up this altar. You can stay six feet apart, whatever you're comfortable with. But I want you to take a walk of faith. Not in me, but in God. I saw a man kneeling and laying prostrate over here. The devil thinks that he has us. He thinks that there's nobody left in the land that'll stand for God. But if you need a breakthrough right now, the Holy Ghost is here. What is it that you need? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. 
In the name of Jesus, just give it a moment, every head bow. Don't do it for me. There's anointing here for you. The name of Jesus Christ. Lord, show yourself. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, just stay right here just for a moment. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. God is showing me somebody. There's at least three people that have a spirit of, that's caused them to be callous. Jesus. The thing about callousness is you don't even know when, when you feel pain. The Spirit of God cries out through you. But because of the things you've gone through, you've become callous in the Spirit. And your gifts have been shut up. Who am I talking to? One of them has a gift of prophecy. If you let go right now, you'll see God restore prophecy. I see it, I see it, I see it falling from heaven. Gift of healing. Where were you in faith? When God called you to heal this altar, come on, get back in the flow. I rebuke the blinders off of your eyes. I see it. It fell. There's anointing that is falling. It wants to flow through you again. Healing. Healing, healing. You know it's your call. There's restoration in the house. Don't take my word for it. Come on, where's your faith? Show me your faith by your works. That's what it said. There are folks at the end in the dry places that are waiting for the river to flow in you. You want to see healing in this place today? God told me when he restores your gift of healing, he's going to manifest it in the house today. Not through the preacher, not through me, but it's going to be through you. There are people that are laying in the balance. Get over yourself. Come on, there's still time. Come up. God is going to both heal and he's going to restore ministry. I saw prophecy and I saw healing. Come on, everyone. Prayerful, worshipful. Just give it a moment. Come on. I've seen it again and again and again and again. God will pick you up. Right here. Right here. He's calling right here. There's a river. There is a river. I'm inviting you back to the flow. If you need it, hallelujah, God will do it right here. Not because I said so, but because he said so. I'm telling you what I see from heaven. God. 
in the name of Jesus by faith. By faith. Come on, don't move. Stay right there. He's breaking chains. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean there's not a purpose. your faith come on grab a hold of the horns of the altar right now restoration restoration hey restoration somebody pray with us there's a balm in Gilead this is where I feel the ministry one on one with God yeah. We need worshipers right now, wherever you are. Wherever you are, I'm calling for your ministry of worship. Another level.
praying for complete healing, God. Thank you for what you're doing in her life, in this ministry. I pray that you empower her, God, as she speaks. Let your word flow through her. This one is signed on, oh God, to the end, and she belongs to you. Use her for your glory. Double portion. God and her husband, double portion. While you're praying, while you're praying, is there somebody that needs a healing in their body, healing in their spirit, healing in their mind? I want to call you forward right here. Right here. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm going to invite you to step out on faith. We've got one coming. What God is about to do. You don't want to miss this. Don't let the book close. Don't let the page turn. Anybody else? Come, let him come, whosoever will. This is what God has called us to in the world. We don't have to be ashamed. Our God is real. The enemy has stripped us of our faith. We don't even know how to pray for healing many times because we sat by the water for 38 years and didn't get our healing. We know somebody that didn't get their healing. If you have the gift of healing, I want you to come stand behind these people unless you're praying as one of the ministers. If you know that you have the gift of healing or you're unsure and you believe that you've had it, or you believe that's what you're supposed to be walking in, I'm going to invite you to stand behind these that are standing up here. Is it you? Let me put this call out. If God has healed you in a miraculous way, such that the doctors couldn't understand it, I was dead once. I didn't tell my testimony. I'm back from the dead because of God. If you have a testimony where God did a divine work in your life, the doctor said you were going to die, cancer. I want you to come stand behind these people. If you're wrong, it's okay. Just come and trust God. If you've been feeling a call and you want God to move through your hands in healing, Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, according to the faith, according to the faith that's working right here, according to the faith, so you don't have to be scared. Come, don't let that scare you. Father, I, I declare healing. This body declares healing. There are believers in the church. 
They need to see you once again, God. Let there be testimony one more time. I come against the spirit of some worshipers to just stretch your hand towards this young man right now. There's a breakthrough coming.